0: Welcome to the Innovation Sofa, your podcast on all things innovation, digital innovation, new business models, transformation and change. This is brought to you by the makers of the Innovation and Transformation Hub and feature corporate business leaders from across the world on all things innovation. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Innovation Sofa. Today, we have on our show Adrian Chernov, who comes from US. um, And it's uh, giving us the time today quite uh, very kindly, actually. Uh, I appreciate it. It's uh, your morning at the moment. But uh, Adrian, good morning. Good morning. Fabulous. So Adrian is a partner with Ideation Genesis. Um, he's the mastermind behind some of uh, the most exciting projects at major companies such as Johnson and Johnson, Disney, and I'm sure he'll tell us a bit more um, from from the start. Um, Adrian, do you mind if I if I ask a bit more details about who you are?
1: Okay, Michaela, I'm a I'm kind of I'm a hybrid. So I'm an inventor, a technologist, a visionary, and a maker. And what I've done and and continue to do is I help companies create what's next. So from insight to marketplace, I help lead organizations in delivering new products and services that make a profound difference. Either that's from Disney, NASA, General Motors, Kodak, um, Johnson & Johnson, uh, covering many different industries, many different fields. And we can dive into any of those categories uh, our industries, or even disciplines. Uh,
0: wow, that is quite a breadth of experience. And I know yourself have been involved in a number of digital and innovation roles and technology roles, and on top of everything, an inventor, as you've just said. We are very privileged to have you on the show, Adrian. Um, <coughs> Thank you. Uh, let me kick off uh, with a fairly easy question, but we would love to know what is your definition of innovation?
1: Ah, that's always a really good question. You know, it's, it's funny over the years that the word innovation, you know, be, it's, it's been in our uh, consciousness in our conversation, but it's been changing and morphing. I think the challenge that we have around how we define innovation is where we are and what we're doing. But the way I define it is around actualizing it. So what are we actually doing right now? Um, your practical efforts actually makes an innovation go from an idea into reality and get it out there in the world. Uh, The the challenge I think we have is that we have a a lot of conversation around innovation. uh, People talk about it, but aren't actually applying it. So the way I define it is around actualizing it. Are you actually in the arena? Are you actually practicing the art? Are you dancing the dance? Are you actually doing innovation? Are you applying those those, uh, products and processes and, and, and things that you're working on to actually create that next product? And, and getting that product out to the world. And actually, as that product gets out in the world, are you continue to improve it and you evolve it? So you're always doing something versus talking about, hey, let's do that, or let's discuss it. Let's create another meeting and discuss it. But discussing it doesn't mean you're actually doing something about it.
0: We're going to focus a little bit on your, on your previous experience and your thoughts with regards to the future. Mm-hmm. But having been involved in big corporations pretty much your entire career, I, I'd love to know, where or what even are the big opportunities for large corporations going forwards
1: i think that the i think the challenge well i think there's a lot of pressure on large corporations more so than ever to to innovate Uh, but at the same time they're challenged with uh how they operate so and then i'll dive into your 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 question but once you've once you once you once you created yourself as a new enterprise, a new company, you, you started from that innovative, innovative, inventing kind of mindset, right? You've created something new and you launched it, but as you grow into a large corporation, you be, you 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 become process centric and you become uh, very focused on optimization of your uh, manpower, of your costs, of you know getting your product out in the marketplace. So the challenge that large corporations have today, and then we go to the big opportunities, but the challenges are is that how do you actually introduce something new when you're focused on operational efficiencies versus inventiveness or innovation? So, how do you introduce something new with innovation? So I think where the opportunities come to light are, are around um, they're different areas, but I think there's around people, process, and also just what's happening in the world. So um, let me let me unpack that a little bit. So we're becoming a more intelligent world. So we've got smarter devices, you know, smarter people, um, because you've got all these connected solutions. You get smarter infrastructure. You're getting access to data that we didn't have before. So that's causing corporations now to collect, mine that information and provide predictive and prescriptive and anticipate what's going to happen. So like with an autonomous car, you have to you have to monitor the conditions around you in active real-time monitoring, and then you have to interpret and predict what's going to happen. If you, you can imagine how that could affect not just an autonomous car, but how could that affect a, a healthcare company, or uh, even a hospital, or or a bank. Um, and I think you're you're also thinking about how the customer experience is changing because you're you might be B2B or B2B2C or B2C or whatever you are your your situation is, but your customer, your end customer. That customer is changing, and their needs are changing, and you have to figure out how you deliver the right experience at the right time to the right consumer. And and on top of that, you've got your people who are who are, the generations are changing and inside the workplace. And so, the bigger opportunity is how you take that kind of that new passion, new drive, and you apply it to these new solutions that are coming about actually create the change that's going to be coming and i think the last thing and i don't want to go on too much about it but i think there's this idea of design thinking but i think it's bigger than design thinking i think it's around anything is even bigger than human centered thinking which is almost the same thing it's around your customer-centric thinking it's how do you create the right experience but how you create the right products that fit that unmet need that's coming in the marketplace and i think that when we go back to the question of big opportunities it's around how you actually anticipate those big ideas because they're coming how do you actually involve your people? And then actually, how do you design and develop and deploy those new solutions? So it's, it's a lot, but, but because there's so much pressure to innovate and to grow your, the large businesses, they're going to be looking at new ways to do things than they've done before.
0: That's a very interesting insight. Um, you've already touched upon some of the key challenges, um, but I, I'd like to, to hear your expert view on, in particular, the key challenges mm-hmm. around digital innovation within large organizations.
1: Ah, uh, you know, it's, it's um, here's an example, right? So if you're a large financial institution, um, it's kind of weird because I can go back from automotive to financial to, mm. to whatever. Um, but if you look at financial solutions or, fin- uh, you know, a financial um the financial space, you're going to find that there's a lot of legacy infrastructure. And so how do you, how do you, a business is based on a lot of, 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 you know, servers are sitting in building, remote buildings somewhere that have a lot of uh, manpower, man- managing these and then migrating these solutions to the cloud. Once it's in the cloud, then you have access to this data that you you, 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 it's cheaper to get access to it, cheaper to look at it and get new tools to actually mine that information, provide value out of it. Then you talk about that's where digitization becomes or, or digitizing, or the new evolution, new digital coming to place, is actually getting access to the data in the right way, in the right format so you can create new value out of it. Um, so this so financial services is a lot of migration from you know on-premises or on-prem, they call it, to the cloud. Um, if you look at what's happening in in healthcare, I was uh, the worldwide vice president of R&D and innovation for Johnson & Johnson in leading digital and medical devices and innovation. And one of the key areas that you look at is how do you actually take a a medical device and make it smarter? Um, How do you actually start collecting the information off that medical device? And once you start collecting it, you can actually start monitoring that information and providing insights and value to the patient. But now you can provide that information and insights to the doctor who can provide insights and value back to that patient to keep them on track or help them improve their their health outcomes for for a healthier life uh, or lifestyle. Um, so it's 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 kind of like in, in healthcare, you go from like sick care to healthcare and healthcare to sick care, but how do you get to digital health making you healthier in the in the world that's coming in the future? So digital is um, I think we've seen in digital innovation in large corporations that the challenge is going from these kind of legacy systems to this this new future where where you know where uh, uh, patients and consumers are interacting live uh, through a smartphone or other device, or your or the device you're wearing, or your house, or all these other these ecosystems are being built that are interacting without you. So Alexa, you can be talking to Alexa while a package is being delivered from Amazon to your house because you just ordered something, but you had no physical interaction with Alexa. You were just happened to be standing next to Alexa. Um, So I think digital it's, it's everyone is everyone is having a conversation around digital uh, in every, every industry. Uh, But I do think it's a bit scary uh, for folks who are a little late to the game um, but I, but there's some benefit of being late to the game too, is cause you could, you get tools that are cheaper, uh, and, and more accessible than, than you had uh, five or 10 years ago. So I would say that even early adopters that did this five or 10 years ago have even a bigger hurdle to go because they have to keep updating their technology and being present. Um, so there's, there's a lot of challenges, but there's a lot of benefit to actually helping provide uh, new solutions in this marketplace.
0: So in this very fast moving marketplace, um, which I guess in a way just moves in increasingly faster, what could the potential solution be for a large corporate? Is there, is there a solution? Is there, oh. is there a way to keep on top of all of this, or you just have to accept that sometimes you'll fall behind?
1: Mm. Um, I would say that there's, there's several ways of looking at it. I, the, you know. Hiring talent is expensive, especially mm. within the space of, of digital. So if you want an architect or you want a UI UX designer or you want a back-end developer or front-end developer or whatever, you're, you're, these, these are expensive resources, right? And then you have to build and integrate to your if either your hardware solutions you have, whether you're, you have printers or whatever you're selling in the, in the marketplace or apps. So the, the avenue of actually solving is either is either you build it yourself. Which means you have to acquire this talent and these tool sets, buy a solution. Uh, so you might have you might find something that's off the shelf, or you might have to partner with somebody. So this kind of the build by partner model is, are are three ways that, that that large corporations and even small corporations companies have to look at to see how we can go fast in this marketplace. If you partner with somebody, sometimes that's a re- that's very advantageous to you because you can go much faster, um, but you're not really responsible for that partnership. So you're kind of. You're holding hands as you move forward. If you buy somebody, buy a business, then you have more control in executing that. But if you also build it, you also have internal issues of actually prioritization against what you want to do in the future versus what the business needs right now. And sometimes you get compromised in building it internally because you also you don't have the resources because these are new resources and new solutions. So it's 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 a mix. Um But you also said something about, you know, do you just kind of accept that you're going to fall faster behind, right? And, and I think that, I think just to recognize what you are or where you are. So if your company is built for innovation, then you say, listen, we are built in innovation. We are always innovating or you are a fast follower. And you say, listen, we're just going to execute being a fast follower. We're going to see what happens in the marketplace. And our whole goal is just, we're going to see it. We're going to copy it and we're going to go to market. That's our, that's what we're going to do. Um, or we're just going to say that's not our business, and we'll we'll just we'll not we'll not pursue that, and lo- we'll have to pursue something else. But that's challenging because you're you every day you're trying to sell your new product and service in the marketplace, and growth is the name of the game, not descaling or you know shrinking in size. So you, you're kind of in a hard place. You, you have to do something. It's just how you do it and when you do it, and whether or not the leadership is ready for it, and the team is ready for it.
0: A lot of moving variables there, some completely out of your control, I guess, in in some way. If you're a leader, um, now I, um, I I do want to ask you a very quick question, um, regarding sure. what constitutes successful innovation. Um, where where do you stand on that? So if you know, if you look around at your peers and and colleagues, um, organizations, where how would you say that they're being successful? How would you identify whether they're successful at innovating or not
1: mm. so many many years ago when i was working at uh, walt disney i was a, an imagineer uh, an imagineer is someone who designs new wow. theme park rides
0: that is amazing uh, that is just an amazing
1: <laughs> job title uh being an event yeah it was a really cool title there's no doubt and it's actually a really cool uh, a place to be and actually because it's all around in disney you're creating new experiences you're creating these you know you basically immersion into this new space, and you kind of get wrapped into this world when you're at a Disney theme park ride. Yeah. But one of the things that somebody said to me, they said, you know, that's once your product becomes reality, once you see it, and you see somebody looking at your solution, that's when that's when it becomes real. That's when your innovation becomes real. So a, a, a good friend of mine, he, there's a Indiana Jones ride, at, which is a in a, a, a Disney disneyland in, in california and there's a big ball uh that rolls towards you and he designed the mechanism for that ball being rolled for you towards you and you're on the ride as you're coming through on this this ride and the, and the, the vehicle kind of slopes down and the ball's coming towards you because it's, like it's going to crush you everybody goes ah but in that moment for him it was amazing because you created that amazing experience you actually mm. saw the smiles and laughter and you realized that your innovation did something like you actually created something in the world and you saw a result from it and i think the way that we we should monitor or measure our success with innovation is whether or not that solution gets out in the world and it's successful and if it's not successful then we make it successful we keep making we, we keep improving it but if it doesn't get out in the world then it's not then you haven't succeeded like um you know i worked on a, a general motors we, we were working on you know uh, a you know one of the projects i was working after Whole other story about reinventing the vehicle of the future, but one of the projects we're working on is creating like the best interior for a minivan. Now minivans are they're not sexy vehicles, but they are very they're utilitarian based. So how do you create a better interior for for a minivan? So you know, I invented products for inside of a minivan that you could actually have a vacuum cleaner. Or or uh, or hot cold storage. So if you if you need you're know, getting a hot drink and you want and you're driving from point A to point B, your drink stays warm in your car. Or you, you got to go to the grocery store before you go home, and you got to bring that cold stuff into your car. Where do you put the cold stuff? You know, you're you're you have this you have this great transportation device, but you have no ability to put you know how to, how it adapts to your environment. So create all these solutions, but you know we weren't successful because GM said we're not going to make minivans anymore. So it never made it to market. So that was a shame. Oh,
0: shame. It's a real I know. It, it's a real <laughs> lack of such you know maybe someone else will pick up on this and do it in, in their <laughs> minivans. I really hope so. Uh you can tell I used to drive one. That's why. And I'm like, oh, ah.
1: It. All right, so here's one for let me let me give you an idea. You remember you know how hard it is to get in the back seat of a minivan? Sometimes uh-huh. you're getting in and out or or your hands are full. But if, could you imagine the front door and the back door of the minivan, the entire side could completely open. So you could put stuff in the back, put your kids in the back, get in the front, like unload because it's really hard to open the doors and get in and get out. So one of the things we created was it was this kind of, it was this new door design where the front door, instead of opening like front it would pivot to the back sliding door, attach the back sliding door and then move completely out of the way for you. So you'd open the entire car to do whatever you needed to do, um, so you could—I it, it, know it's probably hard to imagine—but it's—it's it's like how do you how do you offer new solutions that make it easier for you to drive around and get around?
0: Well, I'm, I'm absolutely sorry to hear that you haven't managed to to, to push that forward, <laughs> um, and hopefully someone else will pick up on this and and, and make it happen for those who. Are struggling with with these um these challenges. That's a very nice um, explanation of success. And and yeah, I guess you you know it is pretty obvious in a way uh, that's what constitutes success. If it's out there, and you keep on improving it, then it's successful in some way. Um, I want to take you back, if I may, to the sure. technologies and and kind of, I guess in a way that they're, they're making our world spin at the moment. But I want to hear your thoughts and views on which. Technologies are likely to impact the operational functions of organizations in the next 12 months, um, and and how long do you foresee it will take the consumers or customers to benefit from the resulting new business models?
1: Hmm. I think. Well, I think what's 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 happening now, and in and from a you know technology perspective, and consumption perspective and even leadership perspective in good companies if you wrap all these together is that every industry is being impacted in some way shape or form so let's talk about financial services as an example we keep hearing about blockchain uh, what's blockchain going to do for us uh, or or the cloud what's the cloud going to do for us but i think what you can see right now uh, is is digitized banking which is occurring how you can um, do a lot of your banking remotely, and that's kind of you asked me earlier about you know digital. This is where digital is becoming you know you don't actually have to go into the bank anymore. You can do all your banking from a coffee shop, uh, from home, from the beach. Um, and 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 when you talk about these other new technologies like the cloud and blockchain, which are actually impacting the infrastructure behind financial services, at the end of the day, it's going to make digitized banking easier. Um, Let's talk about uh, let's say, talk about autonomous vehicles and, and you know because I was I was at General Motors, I was the chief vehicle architect in creating um, this uh, the reinvention of the automobile, which is a new platform that is now changing transportation. Tesla uses it, GM uses it, um, but but now we're in this world of autonomous vehicles. So we're seeing on the on the road of, on the road now autonomous vehicles, but then we're gonna see autonomous trucks. And then we think about well, what are we actually what are we actually doing with these autonomous vehicles? We're, we're going to be moving people. One day we're going to be moving packages. One day we're be moving food. As these autonomous vehicles are, are being deployed, they're also going to impact um, corporations and how they deploy people within their businesses, or goods and services within their businesses, or um, how they everything's starting to change. When you think about the the, the, the impact within inside corporations, but then outside, I think as consumers we're going to be impacted. We're going to be we're going to experiencing the world differently. Um, you know, the, the idea of actually parking your car in a parking garage in New York City, which is where I live, maybe go away. Maybe all I have to do is walk outside and, you know, a, a vehicle will pick me up. Whether it's a you know an Uber, a you know a Lyft, or any of these any of these vehicles, they'll just pick me up and take me. And I, I don't care. I don't have to have a car anymore. That might be coming. Is it, it, it well just beyond you know? You're talking about you know with twelve months or twenty four months or thirty six months. These things are happening. They're actually happening in real time. We, we don't see them or experience them yet, but they're evolving and we're starting to experience them. We're starting to see them. Um, if you have a, a smartwatch, because, um, you know, I was at J&J leading, you know, uh, medical devices. Talk, think about something on your wrist that's monitoring you in real time. Um, there's reports with Apple right now where people are being saved Um because they're actually monitoring their 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 heart rate or or think something else going on in their body in real time. And actually in that real time monitoring, they're getting a, a they're getting a they're getting a benefit from that. And then you can think about there's now going to be smart pills that are deployed where you take a pill and and as you ingest the pill, it'll deploy the medicine at the right time, the right interval of time. So all this stuff is going on, so you're gonna see a lot of these components whether we're experiencing now or over the next, I would say, you know, 12, 24, 36 months, they are, they are showing up now and then we will experience them. Some of us in, in a greater deal. Some of us every day, uh, very, very soon. Like uh, even like Amazon has a store where you can go in and you can pick up items off the shelf and walk out without mm. seeing a cash register, or, you know? And they, I mean, that's amazing, right? So that just, that just started what six months ago and they're starting to deploy those stores. So it's, it's uh or you talk about VR and AR, artificial, you know, uh, You know, putting on glasses and and, and watching something and now they're talking about training how do you use vr and ar to train somebody either be a better doctor or uh uh, be a better coach with your kids on the on football field like what can you do so i think a lot everything is changing very rapidly in the space um but these are all this is all kind of driven by innovation but also more more so than just the, the topic of innovation this is around digitization we're actually creating A world where interactivity and intelligence are becoming a reality because the devices are becoming smarter through sensors and we're collecting data and we're actually connecting a lot of disparate pieces together to actually create new experiences for everyone.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think you, um, you, you've opened up a, a can of worms there because there's there's no time frame anymore. Things are happening in smaller or larger versions. And eventually, you know, the, the big launch, if you will, will just happen without us even realizing, um, which is quite interesting.
1: That's, that is, that's, I mean, imagine the iPhone came out in 2007. It was a huge splash, right? Yeah. Big, huge announcement, yeah. right? Um, and, and you know, the next Samsung phone comes out, it's like, did, there's another one, like, or uh, yeah. the, I, I think you're right, it, it, it's becoming much, much, it, these things are are showing up at a very constant basis to us that it's, it's, it's almost overwhelming. There's like, what, like, you just, it, we're, we're just adapting and utilizing it. Um, but I also think there's a negative side, because it's it, 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 because that overwhelming side, we're just like, either like, I'm just going to use what I'm going to use, because I'm just, I'm very comfortable. I don't like change. Um, and then there's some of us who like change and then we we like myself i'm an early adopter but and i'm assumed you are too and and we and then as we use it the folks around us utilize it and then it it changes quickly but um yeah i think you're right i think that this this micro micro release of products is happening so quickly that that the world's changing faster than i think any of us can even imagine
0: you've touched there upon being an early adopter. i i'd say you're 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 much more than that and you you've already touched upon some of your successes or or not so successes but you know pretty amazing thoughts i'd say uh in terms of launching various prod products and programs and enabling innovation Mm. i mean congratulations what how did you manage this Mm. what's your secret adrian
1: (laughs) there's there's no secret well maybe there is a couple i don't know let me let me let me me kind of let me try to think it through it i think first of all um I'm inventive at heart. I have this kind of innate ability to see things that aren't there. Um, and, and I think that that ability allows me to kind of visualize where things are going and then kind of pull the pieces together so I can structure where things are going. But then I apply passion to that so that inventiveness or, or visionariness, if there is such a word, combined with passion is part of what gets me w- into these new opportunities and um, and, and to create what's next. I think the secret, though, is around doing versus talking. Um, this kind of, you asked me you know, earlier about the, you know, what is innovation? You know, it's actually actualizing it. So I think, you know, let's not talk about it. Let's do it. Um, and I think the secret that I, you know, share with others is that you need to, to think outside the box and not the traditional sense, meaning that let's just talk about thinking about the side the box. But I'll give you an, a, an example. Another one comes from Disney, was that there was a gentleman at Disney who would read every magazine that would come out, whether it was Popular Science, Popular Mechanics, um, you name it, he'd read it. What was his job, though? His job was actually he was the guy who designed the gardens. You know, he was the guy who picked the trees and the shrubs that went all together that that wrapped around these theme parks. And you're like, why would he read all these other magazines and articles and things that were not within his his area of expertise? Well, he said that when you look at these other industries, you actually get ideas that you wouldn't think of your own. And by learning about other things, you can apply something over there to over here and change things. That's why you go to Disneyland and you see – these amazing trees—they're actually real. They're actually still alive, right? They live these herb, these, these shrubs and bushes and trees all live in this, these new ecosystems within the, the Disneyland parks that normally wouldn't live together or survive together. And how did he figure that out? And that's how he did it. And I think for me, I, I learning that lesson early on. I do the same thing. And that's you know that's why I worked in so many different industries, from you know healthcare to aerospace to you know, from robots at NASA to, you know, pre- consumer printers at Kodak to, you know, financial services, all this stuff is I can see one thing from another area and apply it to a new area and radically change that new area. Um, and and as I evolve over time, each of those those lessons that I learn, I'm able to amplify into the new area or category that I go into. So I think I think that's I think the secret is to read between the lines, um, uh, look outside the box and. Um, also, don't judge everything on data. I think that we're, we, we, you know, there, there's the, um, I'm an INTJ or ENTJ, the, 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 these, you know, who you are and how you work in the world. Some of us are data-driven. Some of us are intuitive-driven. I'm very intuitive-driven, but I do a lot of data mining to understand, and then I use a lot of my intuition because I'm very visionary and, and, and um, very creative and inventive and technology-driven. I use all, utilize all that stuff to get where I'm going. So it's, it's data is health is a helpful tool for me, but I, I drive on intuition. I think our society is 90% driven by data and there's only 10% like me that are driven by intuition. So part of my challenge is making sure that I can convey intuition to a data minded mindset, the world around me. But I think the data driven folks who are a lot of folks who are actually driving innovation too. They also have to figure out how to be more intuitive and to, understand that there are risks out there that we can change the world without knowing we we actually won't get the data unless we do something about it so we can talk about it think about it because the data says this but until we actually apply it we actually don't know and that outcome is what changes things and that's what i've done with my whole career is changing things by doing things that are different and actually combining these new things i think that's the trick for folks is just look outside the box in a different way in a different area in a different industry and see what you can bring back to what you're doing today
0: Wow. Uh, Well, it takes a, yeah, it takes a special mind to do that, I guess, in a way. And you have to be open to those things, but people have to do it more. Absolutely. And it's, it's great to know that how you go about it. Um, I have two more questions for you. So just bear with me, but I'd love to know um, if you look back from last year and, and, you know, kind of half of this year, uh, what has been your biggest lesson and what are you planning on doing differently going forward?
1: I think, um, so I've started my own business called Ideation Genesis, um, and I think the hardest thing for me is, is, is as as an entrepreneur now versus an entrepreneur, entrepreneur an somebody who helps invent large businesses within businesses, right? Is the hardest thing for me is, is doing it for myself. Um, I'm a builder and I'm a creator, and and the challenge that I had this last year is building a new business is really hard. Uh, uh, you're doing it yourself within a large business, and that I'm I'm struggling with. But I have to my takeaway or my lessons for you know looking introspectively into myself is that I have to I have to remember who I am. And, and what I am is I'm i I'm a creator. And 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 I go back and I go back and forth from creating and building, but I have to remember that I'm that I have to create. And I have to create every day because that's what fuels me. That's my passion. That's what drives me. If I'm not if I'm not creating, then I can't build. But if I'm only building, I'm not creating. So I think it's a very it's a very, it's not a question I actually have never asked, but it's a very interesting question. So I think for me, I have to focus on creating more while I'm also building.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a it's quite a task in a way. Uh, but my my final closing question, and you've already mm. given us a, a lot of um, insights. But is there any advice, or you know, kind of any? Any big piece of advice that you can give to entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs now, um, who are, are trying and enabling and driving innovation and are up against everything that you've, I guess, ever known? Uh, what what would you say? What what can they do?
1: Hmm. Well, I think I think the first thing that when you're when you're in the world of innovation is you're actually you're causing change to occur. So change is a hard thing. And I think if I were to, to th- th- give the biggest advice is that to help others understand where you want to go or where you want to take the business or where you want to drive innovation forward is you have to do several things very clearly. I think the first thing you need to do is clarify the vision. If you haven't clarified the vision of where you want to go, then you can't really take other people you know, to that new place. So that's not an easy thing to do. That's very, very hard in and of itself. But clarifying the vision is bigger than the product or service you're creating. It's the ultimate end goal of where you want to go. So one, clarify the vision. And then you need to define your roadmap. Because of this this micro, we're talking about these micro releases of products and also larger scale products releases. You also have to figure out your, your one, three and five year plans. What's your roadmap? Like what's your products going to be as you develop and deploy these products that tie into a larger business? So it's defining your, your products and defining your vision and as you once you have those two then you need to help engage the organization and the people along and then your job either as a participant or as a leader is to keep it going keep pushing it along uh you have to be dedicated uh, without dedication it will fail so i would say don't give up make it happen believe in yourself believe in the vision and and keep it keep it going um and i think the last thing i would say is just have fun it's um uh, it's hard um you, you can feel like you're in an island at times um but have fun with it know you know part of keeping that vision or understanding the vision allows you to keep on it and keep going with it and i encourage you all uh in your own innovation journeys to, to find the joy and also to succeed as i define innovation as actualizing innovation and um Any other questions? I think that was the last one, right? That
0: was the last one. Thank you so much, Adrian. Uh -uh. That was such an amazing way to end. uh, And we look forward to to hearing the feedback from the audience. But thank you so much for now.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Good luck to everyone. I I appreciate the time today. Super.
0: That was another exceptional interview. If you would like to feature on the show, drop me a note at info at diginohub.com. And before you go, I must let you know that we are putting on a fantastic event welcoming large enterprises and SMEs, the entire spectrum of the business community, CEOs, founders, heads of transformation and innovation coming together to address the challenges and opportunities in enabling growth in the digital economy. This can be found at growthleadershub.com. So that is growthleadershub.com.